0: Hello, and welcome back to Foolishly Faithful, episode 16. The date is May 25th, 2023. The Mets are currently playing the Cubs in Chicago. Uh, It's the bottom of the third inning. The Mets are up 4-1. Let's hope it stays that way as the Mets try to avoid a sweep at Wrigley Field. It's been an exciting week for the Mets. Uh, They had a bunch of comeback wins against the Guardians at home. Um, It's been a little bit of a rough start in Chicago, but overall... I would say Mets fans are feeling a little more excited than they were a week ago. Um, so I think we should jump right in. We got Steve, David, and Ray here to talk about the Mets. What do we think, guys?
1: Well, I think like you said, uh after the Guardian series, I definitely felt like a little fire under a little fire underneath our asses. I I know that Friday game was very exciting, but I was this our first series sweep? This season, or like the the first yep. one I can remember in a long time. No,
2: nope. I, I think we swept the A's in Oakland, but uh, it's, it's the second one in the series season. I think
1: I, yeah. I definitely thought we were gonna have m- a lot more sweeps or at least <laughs> series wins this up was, until this point.
2: This was the
3: first series sweep against a major league team, not <laughs> <a whole. laughs>
1: okay. with
0: more than 5,000 okay. people in attendance to see it. You I know the,
2: the yeah. triple A's. Is
3: that
0: is that their official name this year? That's a great one.
2: That's funny. Yeah, I mean, uh, I
0: think that the uh, you know the sweep felt really good, and I think at least from last year, I think the focus is always on winning series, and I feel like we often took two out of three, and we were consistent in that way. But I think taking all three games feels obviously it feels better, but I think it's more of the boost that the team needed at this point than just taking two out of three.
1: Definitely making up ground that we should have already had because. You know we've had a less than stellar start, but I, I also something to think about was I think the first time that Scherzer and Verlander got their wins, and it just seemed like the the pitching staff that we thought we had seemed on like a full showcase. Everybody was doing what they needed to do, and I was like, wow, th- this is what we're paying for. Definitely.
0: Um. I think yeah, I think Verlander went eight innings in his game on Sunday. Um. Which felt like vintage Verlander.
2: Yeah, I think it really did feel good last week. Like you guys were saying, like especially to win in the ways that we were winning. Those comebacks are so exciting. Um. The Friday night game against uh, Cleveland. It was almost the exact same game as the game against the Rays two days before, where we were down. Uh. We came back big in the seventh. Um. The It wasn't a ninth inning comeback like the other time, but to come back in the the 10th like that was pretty damn exciting. Um, And then, like you just said, we had the doubleheader where we threw for the first time ever in Major League Baseball, two, three Cy Young Award winners went for the same team in a doubleheader, uh, which was pretty cool that that was the Mets. Um, They mentioned on the broadcast that the only other time that there was two Cy Young Award, like two-time Cy Young Award winners doing that was also the Mets. Um, and that was uh, Pedro and Santana a couple, you know, a decade plus back. Just a couple years ago. I remember
3: like it was yesterday. <laughs> it was going to be the first four Cy Young pitchers
2: to go. <laughs> when's when's, when's the last time there was a four Cy, four-time Cy Young winner? Oh, I
3: Next
1: don't know. year. After Verlander, <laughs> after Verlander- wins this year. yeah, He's got to make up some ground. <laughs> um yeah you, I mean I think that, that Friday I'm sorry go so for, it, go you for it you mentioned that Friday game was like really exciting and it was like almost like a carbon copy of the Thursday night come back against the race and I remember in our last show we were talking about you know getting the young kids out there and hitting and when the kids are hitting it you know it you know provides a spark to some of the, like, the veterans in the clubhouse and I think that was the game where, uh Alvarez went deep Beatty went deep and then all of a sudden Pete Alonso comes out and just like demolishes the ball. And it's like, you know, that same formula where, you know, the kids are providing that spark and, you know, get in the vets like really excited. I think that was the game where like um, Alonzo was like humping the the dugout wall. He looked like he was to right. give that thing a baby.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's uh, the grand slam that he hit. It was right after I uh, I lit my Mets prayer candle. Uh I can't guy, believe literally. he hit the home run.
0: Like, that seemed, it, it's one of those moments that it's, it just seemed too good to be true. Um, yeah. and I think everyone was just so pleasantly surprised that uh, he was <laughs> able to, he was able to win, he was able to hit it out. Yeah. I
3: was yeah. saying, I thought there was a writer's strike and that was just so perfectly scripted. That it was just <laughs> great. Like, I, I, it's like you couldn't have wrote anything better than that. Like, that was
2: absolutely, yeah. And Lindor getting the walk-off win against his old team, uh, first Very time cool, he's playing yeah. them. That, that was pretty cool. Um and all the, the kids next,
1: provide like uh, all the kids produced that like, in that last inning. I think yeah. Alvarez got on base. Fiento sent somebody home, and, and like you mentioned, Lindor got the walk off. Was very Hollywood esque. David, you're yeah. right.
2: Yeah. And then the the next day, um, Marte provided the dramatic uh, home run. He took he gave us got two run shot in the bottom of the eighth inning to give us the lead, uh, and it stayed that way. It was Marte's first extra base hit since. Oh, uh, I believe it was April 14th more than Ugh. a month. Um, so he he's been coming out of his slump a little bit. I think David mentioned it a couple of weeks back where his average over like the last month was the same as his slugging percentage, meaning he got all singles uh for that for that whole stretch. Um, but nice to see him starting to bust out of it. He's getting more singles at least. I don't know if it's the doubles and extra base hits are coming, but he's getting singles and stealing. Uh, so that's something. So
0: let's say Marte starts hitting at the rate he did last year. Do you guys like him where he's been in the sixth spot in the lineup, or do you think he goes back up to the two spot? Um, because personally, I mean, I think Lindor, frankly, is better higher up than in the third spot. I think Lindor is a very good hitter, but he does not really strike me as a three hitter. Um, he's kind of got this, he's a little more of a base runner. I kind of like him batting lead off it wasn't if it wasn't for Nimmo. Um but yeah, where do you think Marte should hit if he continues hitting at this pace?
2: Really good question.
1: Um I'm happy where he's at. Like until he gets more comfortable. Like we've been saying all year, kind of want the kids to get more like production, and like unless like unless uh Marte like starts like really going off, I wouldn't really move him. Yeah, I would also
0: say I think that like you know his speed does not appear to be where it was last year. Could it be true. Like the surgeries and, you know, all the things that he's, he's going been going through. He's taking care of his body a little more. I think you got to be a little more durable in the two, in the two hole.
1: Yeah. I think he stole a base last night, but you're right. Like I his speed is not where it was.
2: I mean, he's got a ton of steals already, right? He just stole a base earlier in this game. He's at 14 steals for the year. Um, I don't know where that is in terms of leading the league. I know there's a couple of people who have like 20 plus steals already. Um, which is bonkers, a quarter, you know, less than a third of the way through the season. Yeah. Um. But, you know, he he's stealing bases. He's a good base runner, but that groin injury and surgery does seem to be hampering him. Uh, They mentioned it, I think, point of the broadcast that he had surgery on both sides of his groin Uh, in the offseason. Uh, I just did some Googling in it, and it's like a typical six-month recovery for a groin surgery, Um, uh, let alone a double one. And he was back significantly quicker than that, right? It hasn't been six months since the surgery yet. Uh, So who knows if he's at full strength um, playing through this, or if he's just trying to give the Mets what he can. Fair. Fair. So you've been Googling groins is what I heard. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm getting some serious, like weird targeted ads now, but. Hello, (laughs) Steven.
0: Do do you require
1: (laughs) groin treatment? (laughs) But, you know, I I didn't realize, but you're absolutely right, Steve. Looking at those stolen base numbers on the year. Marte's got 14 and that's 10 ahead of the next person on the Mets. Like Lindor is in second with four stolen bases. And it's like, wow, I didn't realize like we're not that aggressive on the base paths or we're just not yeah. successful. <laughs>
0: it, it almost seems like he's saving, like he saves all of his energy just for stolen bases because it does feel that way. <laughs> Cause if he grounds out, he's only, he gets thrown out. He's only halfway down the line. Um, and he'll he'll take his time jogging on, on and off, um, which is fine, but it's just it's just funny to see him leading the leading the
1: team in stolen bases, and that's where his legs are going. That explains the slugging. He's just trying to pad his numbers. You, get, you can't get stolen bases if you hit home runs.
3: <laughs> um, I, I will counter you got. I think you've all actually convinced me that he maybe should move back to the two spot. Like, with the stolen bases, at least. Like, he... I don't think he's there yet, but I think if he does continue on this upwards trend, then I would say, yeah, move him up to the two spot. I mean, if he, he's, like, Lindor is second in stolen bases with four, and Marte has 14, like, no one else is stealing like him. Tied with Tim LoCastro, who hasn't
1: played, like, all season. Yeah, that's,
3: <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah, Tim LoCastro. So, I mean, it's really just Marte is the only one really stealing. Like, I... I don't know. It's a great – if he can do what he did last year, it was a great spark to start the team, to start the lineup. Um, I would like it. I really like – I mean, if not, like, I don't think he's there yet. I don't think it pays to start bringing him up. Like, I – definitely, he was slumping. He's hitting a couple balls hard now. Like, I still say keep him back. But, you know, hopefully if he keeps his trend up,
1: then I'd say, yeah, move him up. And that could be exactly what the Mets need to aid their, you know, first inning – like woes we can't score any runs in the first inning maybe we need to get like a little bit of small ball going on you know get a runner on move him across a couple of bases steal a second or third if you can you know just to get like that one run in the first and change you know how the whole season's been going yeah it does feel
2: like we're getting crushed in the first inning um pretty consistently um whereas last year it was the exact opposite we were scoring tons in the first inning um
0: I I guess one of the last points on on the Marte, uh, lineup question. I think I think it's less about Marte as it more is for me about I like Lindor two McNeil three because I think McNeil, last year especially would bat in like six or seven, which, I mean, it's fine. I mean, it's good to have you know somebody who can hit at near the end of the lineup to to pick up people when it gets there. Um, but if we have you know the kids filling out the back end lineup now who can hit. Then me I, I think I'd actually prefer Jeff in in the third spot.
2: I I love Jeff in front of Pete. Um he's a high on base guy, he gets a lot of hits, he gets on base for Pete to hit a bomb in front of him. Um behind him, I mean. Having him bat like b- behind Pete to me never made a ton of sense because of that. He doesn't really provide much protection from Pete. Like you'll walk Pete Alonzo to pitch to Jeff McNeil any day, right? Um in a bad situation. So I think, you know, having even because even if you know Jeff McNeil gets a base hit, like Pete Alonso's at worst, going to go to third, right? Where you got Pete, you got a Alon- uh, McNeil taking a hit, and then you have Alonso up. Bad things can happen to you um, as a pitcher.
3: I, I feel like last year, what, what did McNeil hit? Like 320, 330 or so? Something like, like that, yeah. And his average this year, I think it got – it's up to like 280 now, so it's definitely like rising, but it's not where it was. He definitely has said that he liked hitting closer to the back of the lineup. I feel like he was hitting like six the last year. So, I don't know, maybe it's something that he's moving up and they're giving him harder pitches to hit. Maybe he can't see as much of it. I mean, I would just say, you know, last year worked. If Marte does kind of start – coming along if he can get his average up he's in like 230 right now Marte, like, i wouldn't 239 like i don't know if he can get it up like a little bit then maybe move him up but i, I don't know i feel like honestly the opposite the like if mcneil's up bases loaded or like if they walk along like i'm happy with mcneil up like i feel like i don't i don't have the numbers i don't know if it's like a numbered thing but like i feel like McNeil is clutch i feel like he'll yes. put the ball in play 100 we'll get a base hit and I have a lot of faith in him. I almost had more faith in him than like a like to just get it in and play, like do what you got to do. I'd argue that. Yeah, I'd argue I, that.
2: Yeah. I mean, McNeil's definitely very clutch, right? I think they showed it just this year, his average with runners in scoring positions, like 340 or something like that. Um, He's a great clutch hitter. I'm not taking anything away from McNeil, but like in baseball sequence matters, right? You had a home run and then a single, that's one run. If you had a single and a home run, that's two runs, right? <laughs> Um, I, I agree
1: with you on that, Steve. So I, like, definitely... I,
2: that That's why my, in my head, I like McNeil batting in front of him. But you're right. I mean, McNeil is no slouch. I certainly trust him hitting uh, behind Alonzo. It's just, I think, with Alonzo's power, I, I like McNeil in front of him.
1: I, I totally agree with that. I think, like, if you switch the, the order, I feel like Pete's hitting a home runner, striking out, and then McNeil is just ending up on base with – the opposite way around, like you said, you know, you're guaranteed another base runner. And even if Pete doesn't hit it over the wall, Jeff's got a he's got some wheels like he'll he'll stretch it out. You usually get home. And if he's going in the two, then you have a, a Nemo before him. I think it's like a perfect setup. Like sequence, like you said, is key.
0: Well, speaking of clutch. Um, in the debate versus the debate of you know who bats first, McNeil or Alonzo? Alonzo has been incredibly clutch as of late. Um, the man just keeps hitting home runs. He's had really big home runs, especially in that last series against Cleveland, and of course the one in the one against Tampa. Um, but you were saying earlier, I don't know if it was Steve or David that the batting average isn't there, and he doesn't feel like he's on fire, but. I don't know to, from my from my eyes it looks like he's playing incredibly well right now. He's at the top. He's leading the league in home he's leading the majors in home runs. I think it's, he's fourth in RBI. Um yeah. What do you see <laughs> it, it's,
2: it's a funny thing about baseball is that like you can watch games and like you can watch every game and you wouldn't know it to see who the batting average, right? Like to see who's like hot and not sometimes cuz you know, the difference between a 300 hitter, which is great, and a 250 hitter, which is, like, mediocre, is, like, one hit a week, right? So, like, even if you're watching every game, it's hard to really see that from a fan's perspective without looking at the numbers. Um, and because Pete keeps coming up big like that, like you said, in this clutch situations, like, he is hammering the ball. Um, that even though his adding average is not there, it feels great because we're, like, he's, he's coming up in the big moments and he's winning us gains.
1: And he has a big personality to go with it. It's like true. doesn't hurt. Like I feel like there's so many seasons where like I'll look at like the stats and some like devers will have like maybe 10 less home runs. I'm like, I didn't even realize he was hitting the ball so well. And it's just like he like Pete Alonso, he lets everybody know when he hits the fucking ball. And like <laughs> sometimes that skews it because you know you see the big celebration it's like, wow, like he's killing it, but you missed the six strikeouts before that happened.
2: Mm. I think it's a great point. Like, I think media attention being in New York also and being that big personality does skew perception in baseball a lot. Like, we just saw someone in the Cleveland series, Uh, um, what's his name? The third baseman, Jose Ramirez, not Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez, um, yeah. Jose Ramirez, one of the best players in baseball for the past five years, right? And like one of the least known best players in baseball, right? Yeah. I think for how good he is, he's is not as well known as he should be. Um, easily one of the best hitters yeah. in like the last five years. Um, and really, yeah, he's, he finished, he's finished. He's finished like small top. Market. He's finished top five in MVP voting for the past five years in the AL. He, he, he's like so that. good, and like he probably would have won in some MVPs if he wasn't in Cleveland and had a bigger personality. Honestly, yeah.
0: he also has the most generic baseball
2: and, name. I've ever heard and in my Shohei life. And Shohei was not in the American League, but... <laughs> um, judge, yeah, that's sure. true. Jose Ramirez is a pretty generic name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um,
0: the John Smith of baseball players. Yeah. Oh. Seriously.
2: Um, what else do we have? In Cleveland, we had a really nice pitcher's duel in that second game of the doubleheader. Like you already alluded to, Verlander pitched eight gem innings, uh, but so did Bieber, right? Bieber yeah. pitched a, a great game. Uh, he had let up that home, home run to Lindor, and then the the sacrifice fly to McNeil in the eighth. Uh, but that was it, and uh, it was enough for us because Verlander did what Verlander does. But that was that was a great pitcher's duel, and it was quick. I think it was like a two hour and five minute game. Yeah, I love best. it.
0: And anytime we can get a quick game on ESPN, I'm all for it because like, I cannot <laughs> stand I ESPN. cannot stand listening to ESPN. It yeah, is one true. of the most
1: unbearable experiences, at yeah, least for baseball. Game, right? Yeah, it was a Sunday a night. night. Yeah, I think like my father still works at the stadium, and like I remember like my I, I remember looking up. I was like, is it nine like twenty like, th- and then are walking <laughs> off the field, like it's like literally like two hours ten minutes. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, this pitch clock does wonders when it's in pitchers do like
2: that too, especially like at the second game of a double header. On top of it being ESPN,
1: a quick game is nice. Oh, and speaking to the pitch clock maybe like you know some of our like veteran pitchers are settling in figuring out figuring it out if Verlander is able to go eight eight innings that quickly and that that efficiently you know you know maybe he's dusting off some cobwebs getting used to the whole rhythm yeah
2: yeah um so that I guess brings us to Chicago um we uh got kind of trounced in that first game uh Miguel ran does some hard luck, honestly. Sanga got pushed back at the last minute. Um, There was that play that Beatty just couldn't make at third base that wound up being, I think, three runs or four runs, and then he gave up another couple of unearned runs because of a drop by Fam in left field uh, to start the inning. Oh, yeah. Uh, the we, one popped in and out of his glove. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I think that run was unearned, and then because there was two outs, every other run that came in after that was unearned. Um, but yeah, unfortunate. And then uh, Strowman just absolutely destroyed us. Uh, former Met and Long Island native just oh,
1: carved us up last night. I wasn't so upset about that. Like, obviously like, mad that the Mets lost and all that, but I'm I'm happy for Strowman. I, I liked him. I completely disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I.
2: I liked Stroman while he was here. I liked his attitude. I don't like the way he left. He kind of like left and was like, fuck you. I didn't want to be here anyway. Uh, Despite, you know, growing up as a Mets fan. I Um, I thought he grew up as a Yankee fan. Did he? Wasn't there those pictures of him in like Mets clothing and stuff?
0: Maybe it was like a Little League team or something, but I thought for (laughs) sure he he, he strikes me as a Yankee fan. He doesn't strike me as a Mets fan.
3: He's not on the Mets. We'll call him a Yankees fan. (laughs)
2: Um...
0: But yeah, yeah, but I mean, he, he he did carve us up, and I think like I think we grounded like six double plays or something ridiculous. His yeah. pitch count was only in the 80s by the time he left in the eighth inning. I thought he I thought he should have gone to complete game. Honestly, I love I would love to see a complete game, um, from any pitcher these days. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he gave the two run dinger to Alvarez. I think it was in like the third or fourth inning. Um, and that was the whole that was all the damage, and he was doing it. It felt like a pretty classic Stroman game where it, it was just a shit ton of ground balls. Um, he he put the ball in place off. He let the Mets put the ball in place softly, and the defense took care of the rest.
1: He's a contact pitcher, for sure. Yeah, he's a contact pitcher. Like you know, he yeah. I forget. So it was like a pitcher years ago that was was his entire play style. Forget who he was. I mean, John Neese I always remember Mm
0: -hmm. hitting. You know, people would hit into line double plays.
3: I mean, it's the – it's windy city, you know. It was – what did they say? It was like 20 miles an hour at the game yesterday. I mean, it's it just really? been like cold, like 40, 50 degrees and windy. I mean, it's, it's hard to – I guess that's October baseball. So, okay, I guess they should have <laughs> – something would have won them, but yeah.
0: – There's something about playing at Wrigley. I feel like at least in the past 10 years or so that I've really been watching the Mets much closely, much more closely, I feel like we never play well at Wrigley. I think we – I, there's something about that ballpark that the Mets seem to struggle at. I feel like I can remember many, many series of us going to Chicago, either getting swept or losing two out of three. Um, and one of those is going to happen
1: this year as well. I, I think I know what you're talking about. I think a few years back, it was like maybe like September, October, like where we needed the win. And it's just like, you know, we got swept. I'm like, Oh my God, damn it. We have no luck out here.
0: Well, last year we also got swept by the Cubs at home in that, and th- they were not playing well that last year. Uh, that was I mean, like it was like September, probably, right? Yeah, it was the t- yeah. worst the worst time of the yeah. year, and I it, it really, really kind of yep. it really just kind of showed all the holes that we had in that team.
2: Yeah, that, that was an unfortunate timing last year. I mean, other than the last maybe two or three years, the Cubs have been very good over the last ten years. Um, so it's understandable that we haven't played well against them at when we were there, but yeah, last last year hurt.
0: All right, looking briefly at some uh, <laughs> some some of the net statistics at Wrigley Field. Um, last year we had um three wins and one loss in a four game series. The year before that, we got swept. <laughs> Um, the year before that, we split a four-game series. The year before that, we lost two out. Of, we lost two out of three. We got swept the year before. Lost two the year before. Swept in four yeah. games in
2: 2015.
0: Oof. It hasn't been good Are for we, the Mets.
2: We we, we we got swept in four games in 2015. But as I recall, we might we swept have swept them in four games when it mattered in 2015.
0: That's right. <laughs> we won both of them at Wrigley Field that year. We, in we
2: crushed them in playoffs. um so. That's all that matters there. Yeah. <laughs> um. You want to talk about some of our uh, high performers over the last week, a uh, couple of months, or a couple of weeks? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, uh I throw Alvarez into the into the arena because I, I think we had a lot of harsh, not maybe harsh, but you know, we were waiting to see what he could do, and yeah, he really came into himself.
2: Absolutely. I think he has been phenomenal um, over the last couple weeks. I think um, I've seen a couple of metrics that pretty much unanimously have him as the best hitting catcher over the last three weeks uh, in baseball, um, which is fantastic. It's everything that he was promised to be, um, you know, the number one prospect, this great bat. Um, he's not been too shabby behind the plate either. Um, yeah. you know, he's not been elite defense, but he's been solid defense. Which, when you have a bat like that at catcher, that's what you can ask for. Um, but he he's been great. I mean, you yeah, know, no doubt.
1: Well, speaking to like behind the plate, I saw like a quote. I don't forget who it came from, but they said something like the Mets bullpen uh, starting pitchers would be very upset if like Alvarez got sent down. So for you know the names that we have throwing off the mound to say that they want a young catcher there you know I don't think there's asking for his bat you know he's probably framing pitches well or calling good pitches in great moments
2: so you know I that I think the quote it was like a reported that a veteran pitcher on the Mets said that they would be upset if Alvarez was sent down after a couple of reporters said that he would be the possibly be the odd one out in the catching situation. Um, I feel like that has to be Verlander. It came out pretty shortly after Verlander through the eight innings um, of one run ball. He and Alvarez caught that game, uh, second game of double header. Uh, so I, I feel like that has to be Verlander. Uh, there was no like name attached to the quote. Um, I don't know if it was like anonymous or the person just didn't want to like put someone on the spot. Uh, but yeah, I, feel, I that's a good call. I out, buy Ray, that. But I think it has to be Verlander to, in my mind. I buy that. I buy that.
3: Like. Thank- why can't they just say it's Verlander? Like, why, why are they hiding?
2: <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to, like, have any beef with the front office. He doesn't want to, like, act, you know, try to make kind of step in where it's not really his place for personnel decisions, so he didn't want to say it, you know, off the cuff. I don't know. I, I don't I don't know the answer to that. Fair
3: enough. But, like, what is that? Like, hey, off the record, I would be really upset if Alvarez <laughs> got sent
1: down. And that guy's a yeah. great player. Like, I don't know. I guess, it, well, yeah. Think, think like, about I wouldn't say players. it to his
2: face, but he's a great player. <laughs>
1: Yeah. think about the other catchers that like okay now that every time Nito or Perez or Navarez gets back there it's just like all right like I'm fighting for my job now like you know it puts a little bit of pressure that you don't necessarily need no, and but... if there's five different pitchers that it could be it's just like all right like who said it who done it
3: no that's a fair point that was similar to like um Guard the other year didn't he he wanted Nito or something like that or he didn't want what was it? McCann and Nito or something. And like Syndergaard was like, he got his own personal like catcher and it ended up causing a little like, stir up in the clubhouse. So yeah, I guess that's fair. I'd take back. I remember my that he was very
1: vocal about that.
2: I would say like with the new pitch system where the pitchers can call the pitch and the catcher not really calling the game. Like if you're a pitcher, why wouldn't you want the best offensive catcher in there give you some extra runs uh, for the game uh, to play with? So, you know, even if, you know, his defense is not elite, but I mean, right. you so can call your own game.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think in addition to like the, the pitch framing, which he, I think he does a good job at if you're watching and he's also he's very athletic behind the plate too. I mean, it could be the result of him being 21 years old and being kind of having those fresh legs, but he, he scoots, he slides, he's got good lateral movement. Um, he looks pretty good behind the plate. Um, and there's something else I was thinking about how, um, especially for a lot of these veteran pitchers, um, you know, they're normally teamed up with veteran catchers. And I think with the pitch clock changes, Alvarez kind of came up in the system where pitch clock was just part of professional baseball in the minor leagues. So he has a lot more experience managing the clock, understanding, you know, when to get set, you know, when to, when to give the pitch on the pitch com and so forth. Um, Like I, I, I remember when the miners were testing out, Um, they still might be doing this. The, um, the challenge plays on balls and strikes with like the really advanced, um, whatever the advanced camera. Um, I saw a clip and it was Alvarez behind the plate, like leading the challenge. It's like, no, that was a ball. And like, then he raises his hand or he does a challenge and he gets the, and he gets the call. If he's the catcher of the future, that means he already has access or has experience with all of these new changes that baseball's going to come. So, you know, his youth could actually be an asset for these um, veteran pitchers. Who are kind of who are kind of new to this to this new baseball?
1: Definitely, uh, we've talked all year about how like the pitch clock has affected pitchers and batters, and I think this is my first time actually thinking about you know the third guy in play. Like the catcher needs to be set, the catcher needs to be ready. You know, he's you know it's not only the pitcher and the batter who are affected by by the pitch clock you know if you have a catcher out there that's just not able to get up and down on his knees like at, that quickly well, that could probably be like a big factor and like you said eric he's been playing in this with these rules for a while now could that be you know a little bit of the wild card that you know we haven't seen or just don't know about
3: yeah similar like it's it's kind of hard to tell he's like watching the games like oh is he a good catcher or bad catcher or something or like just any defensive play but then we called up Gary Sanchez for a couple games that he made a couple you know what honestly comparing that I was like that guy is bad like he just had a couple pass balls he was not mobile and I'm like okay that's a nice baseline not good like Alvarez was much better than Sanchez so I think just to see that baseline I was like yeah Alvarez is like doing a great job behind the plate and I think, Steve, you said that um, uh, Sanchez is DFA'd officially now, again? Yeah, he it got DFA'd just a couple hours ago. All right, so breaking news, and yep, that's one less catcher to worry about.
2: Um, <laughs> one less thing Probably made a little bit of money off of us, but I think it's worth a shot. So I think one thing that I have really noticed with Alvarez is catching, and it's the Ray's point about him having the experience in the minors with these rule changes, um, and they've noted it on the broadcast too but the way he pops up from behind the plate when the pitch clock is close to zero and just like gets time out he just jumps out from behind the plate and like runs to the mound is something really interesting to see and with the veteran pitchers it takes kind of like you know guts to do that right like you're basically calling time out on max scherzer or justin verlander um and for a 21 year old to do that like it takes some guts, but it's also great to see because, like you said, he has that experience and he has that timing in his head that he knows. Like, if I don't jump up right now and get this time out and get a mound visit in, he's getting a ball, and we don't want that right now. Um, so yeah, just, just to that point, Ray, that you made, I think it's like it's inter- it's really cool to see like this young guy almost having an advantage to the rules that over these like veterans
1: from like years in the making. Woo! And uh, as we speak, and not, uh, not being shy enough, uh, about it. You know, like you said, like with the name with these pitchers that he's catching for, I definitely wouldn't even be able to say hi to them, much less, you know, interrupt their rhythm. Um. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what? What the the woo that Steve just just scored on? Uh, on a double steal that the catcher, veteran catcher Jan Gomes, who at, I don't know, must be what thirty five at this point. <laughs> uh, threw a very wide ball that completely missed the tag at third base, and it went down the left field line. Um, he also he also threw a very high ball to second base on a stolen base that Marte had earlier. Um, so yeah, I mean, age you know age for catchers is really important because it's, it's you actually do need a lot of athleticism behind there, and Alvarez certainly is athletic.
3: And stolen bases can lead to more runs as well. Like they have to throw the ball and catch it you know that leads to an error and we're able to score on that so you know we just just get movement on there and make something happen so
2: more power i don't know know if that was a guess eric but he is 35 years old i just (laughs) wow i did
3: check that as well eric i was gonna say
2: (laughs) random guess it was just my hunch man um not i don't know if um this is really uh along the same lines if we're even ready to talk about this but the Mets last year also drafted a very highly touted prospect, ah, catching was... prospect, uh, Prada. Um, his first name escapes me right now. Kevin um, Kevin Prada. Kevin Prada. Uh, supposed to be a, a great defensive catcher um, and a pretty solid offensive catcher as well. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see in the future as to where he fits into this or if he's going to be trade bait or, you know, maybe Alvarez is slated for a DH role in the future. I don't know. Um, but that's that's just another interesting aspect of this uh, coming up in the next year or two.
3: Conveniently, he is actually, I believe Alvarez and Baby are not listed as prospects anymore. So Parada is now one of the top 100 prospects on MLB.com. So yeah, look at that. moving on up.
0: <laughs> moving on up. I mean, I think he's probably, uh, I would say probably... Uh, Two years at least away from making it to the majors, so he was in college it...
2: when he was drafted. So usually they come up a little quicker.
0: Okay, true. Um, um, I don't
2: I think know he's what level he's about the same age right as Alvarez right now. Well, he was just drafted last summer, correct?
1: That's right.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. He's 26th overall in the majors for prospects, so maybe <laughs> <laughs> he'll come up soon.
1: He's playing A plus ball.
3: Yeah, they expected by 2025, but yeah, 26 overall is pretty good. A plus
1: is that? brooklyn the cyclones i believe so we could go see, we uh, your sister's seeing him tonight uh apparently they did not go to that game i lied so we do not
3: have a field we thought we'd have a field correspondence at the single A game um we do not they canceled
1: yeah i almost went and just like surprised them thank god i didn't <laughs> Harada
2: is 21 so he, he is the same age as alvarez Very mm. interesting yeah uh, but he and, should
0: be a sure shot. I think usually, you know, if you're drafting the first like, round, like you're, you're pretty much a sure
1: shot major leaguer if you put in the time. At some point, random tangent talking about like prospects and former prospects. Whatever happened to uh rocker?
2: Uh, Kumar? He was drafted by Texas, I think, last year. Um, so he now is with uh, the Rangers as well, along with uh, Al Leiter Jr. Um. So, funny thing about Kumar Rocker. Um, so, remember, he was signed He
0: was signed with the Mets, or he was the 10th pick by the Mets in 2021, but was not signed, I believe, if I recall, because they had injury concerns, or I think right. he had an injury or
1: something. His physical came back He's in just, weird way or something. Yeah, He, got, he, got he, he wouldn't trip. take
2: his physical, um, and then the Mets had injuries concerns with him, um, and because he wouldn't take the physical, they got a compensation pick.
0: So... Um, so that so the Mets passed on him. Uh, then of course he was drafted again later on by the Rangers. But just uh, nine days ago on May 16th, it was announced that Kumar, Kumar Rocker would undergo Tommy John surgery, hey. ending, his, ending his season. So Thank
1: God, the so the Mets, Mets may have avoided a something
0: big right for once. once.
2: That is the least Metsy thing I've ever heard.
0: It's amazing.
2: Right. <laughs> it's a <laughs> we, new day. It's a did new the day right pleasure. move. And it like the fact that Kumar Rocker is not currently in the majors lighting it up is the least metsy thing I've ever heard.
3: We'll make him more mets when in a couple of years he recovers from his Tommy John surgery and then he is actually killing it in the majors. So that, that will probably right. happen.
2: With,
1: yeah. with the Grom in Texas, both the,
2: the story's not over. <laughs> just
3: oh, just,
0: just
1: getting started continues.
0: Oh man. All right. Hey, man, well junior. There's also me, Mark Leiter, Jr. Here. There's a lot of lighters. There's a lighter on the cubs, too. We
1: can Lighter's nephew. Al Lighter's brother's son. Yeah. So
0: there's Mark, yeah. Jack, and Al Jr. Is that what you're
2: telling me? No, no, I think I called him Al Jr. It's really Jack. Jack Lighter is his <laughs> son. Uh, um, Mark Mark Lighter Jr. Family. is his nephew. Right, who's on the Cubs, who just shut us down.
1: Yeah. Very cool.
0: Um, all right. So I think that'll probably wrap up our first half. Um, in the second half, we'll have a trivia question. Uh, And we'll talk a a little bit about um, some of our current Mets and their state, because I think we have some players to discuss. So stick around. We're going to keep talking about
2: the Mets
4: the next time.
0: Ooh, the Mets.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome back. We're here starting off the second half, and I'm going to pass it right over to Eric with this week's trivia question.
4: Trivia. Trivia.
0: Trivia. Thank you, Steve. Uh, So this past week, uh, I believe it was Alonzo's Grand Slam or one of the home runs in um, the Rays of the Cleveland series. Uh, Pete Alonzo became the, the all-time home run leader at Citi Field. Um, so that's a big... I'm sure he's very happy. He was actually interviewed after the game and he was told the news and he was surprised and very happy about it. Um, so the trivia question is, who are the next three Mets in order of home runs hit at Citi Field?
2: Hmm. Oh. I definitely know the person he beat out or tied or whatever it was. I, I definitely know that.
1: Um I think I know one of them. Do we have a number? How many home runs have you hit had did Pete hit there? Uh,
0: Pete, I think is at I think it's at 72. I'll have mm-hmm. to I have to triple check on this this data, but I'm pretty sure it's at 72. Um and then the next three are at are 71 66 and 49
1: are those okay. numbers going to help you decide well uh, city Field's only been around for 10 years so yeah. right. you kind of got to put it okay. into perspective it, yeah it's a matter from the last 10 years oh, who's yeah. been on the team long enough to generate to right, right. You know, no like of demons. course I'm, I'm pretty confident in
2: who the person at 71 yeah, I feel
3: like I know one of them, but I don't know if he would have been leading the team. It's weird.
2: I feel like
1: there's a crapshoot for me. I guess
2: we we'll just don't have Bay. a lot of home run hitters historically. Um, but it's, it's a good question. It's a good question. Definitely,
1: they're,
0: they're, gonna, Jason be, Bay. they're gonna be <laughs> definitely Jason Bay. Um, <laughs> they're gonna be players obviously that have played in the past 10 years, so you'll definitely know right. all of them.
3: You want to write down um, your answers? All right. All right. So that's the question.
0: That's the question. Can't wait to come back to that. Um, cool. All right. So I guess we're gonna jump in a little bit to um talk about some of the Mets who at this point, you know, or two two months into the season, who we can look at and agree on or disagree on um is underperforming for the New York Metropolitans. I can't wait to disagree with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the first person we have on this list because of, you know, the catcher log game situation was Francisco Alvarez. And I think we can all definitively say that <laughs> he is not underperforming, rather he is overperforming or rather performing as he was so highly touted. Um, but then we have to turn, you know, the question to Tomas Nito who was just called up today because Gary Sanchez was DFA'd and Tomas Nito came back from his injury and is now the backup catcher. Um, I don't know guys. I mean, does is Nito on this team for much longer with Narvaez? Starting his rehab assignment today as well.
2: That's tough. I mean, I I like Nito. Um, I think I've said it in the past. I think he's very metsy. Uh, I really enjoy him on the team. Uh, despite what David might feel. Uh, <laughs> you know, now that his eyes are fully hydrated, maybe he uh, starts hitting a little bit more this year. <laughs> um, and he provides good defense behind the plate. I know we just said Alvarez has been playing really solid defense behind the plate, but so is Nito. Um, you know, he was second in the gold glove, um, voting last year. He's, um, all the league he's voted, I guess, the second best catcher defensively in the national league. I think he's been a phenomenal catcher. I really like him. I hope he stays. Uh, the Mets could always go with, um, Narvaez keeping him. If they want to DFA someone else on the team who hits lefty, uh, who has less position flexibility that we'll talk <laughs> about in a little bit. Um, and it gives them more, you know, he, they could always have keep three catchers and have one more sleeve of the DH pinch hitting option.
3: I, I feel like the next few weeks are going to be important for Nito pretty much before Narvaez gets back. I, I mean, if he starts really, his eyes are really hydrated now and he's really hitting balls, then he's securing his job. But I mean, if he's really not hitting, then I don't know, it feels weird to just like throw Nito away for this new guy Narvaez What he had like a couple of, you know, he played it for a fair few weeks. He played all right, but I don't know. It seems weird just like throwing it away for that, frankly. Like, I feel like that's Alvarez's spot. Like, I've seen a lot of things, like, oh, like Alvarez, like, oh, people are going to be upset if he gets down. Like, maybe we'll just like bring Alvarez down to the minors, like DFA him. but Like, I, I feel like that's bogus. Like, there's no way Alvarez is going down. So, like, I, I feel like if Nito isn't – I mean, if Nito isn't hitting, like we've been doing – everything we've been doing is like, yo, best player is going to stay. So, I mean, if Nito goes back to his dry eyes, wet eyes, whatever his eyes are, he just can't hit, then like I, I feel like he's going to hes gonna get cut or at least DFA'd. Does he have options left,
2: Steve? I think he does have options left, yeah. No, I no. think what well, you said about the next couple of weeks while well, Navarre is a still – like rehabbing being important for him is probably true, right? If he if he can hit the next couple of weeks, weeks, um, he probably has a much better chance of staying up than if he struggles. Um, I think that um, there has been rumors from a bunch of national broadcasters and uh, talking heads. And I think S- S- uh, ESPN's bow- Bowtie Buster Only reported that the Mets were looking at possibly sending Alvarez down once all the catchers are healthy. Um, I think at this point the fans would be in full revolt if that happened. I think that would be such a terrible move from the fans' perspective. They'd be so mad, and they they would lose a lot of uh, a lot of momentum from the fan base at the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, I, yeah I also just don't think I, there's no way to do it. He's just too good. <laughs> I think he's too much promise. He's liked enough. He's liked on the team. He's producing. Um, He's hit seeming he's seemingly the only other power hitter in addition to our Pete Alonzo major power hitter on this team. Um yeah, I don't think he gets sent down. That'd be pretty crazy.
3: I feel like it was an off day. They had the you know, rain delay or like game got canceled. Like they had, had to put something out, and they're like, Oh, like maybe they'll send out like Alvarez. Like I I, I don't buy it. Like he was the first <laughs> one up between like was all you know, Beatty and the other guy, all the other babies, like Alvarez is not not going away.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess Maybe it's possible, Parada, right? But you know, right. So, I mean, with the question of all the catchers is, um, right? Could one of them get traded? Right, like Nito, right, with all his defensive prowess, could be traded. Narvaez uh, is only on a one-year deal, so he could be traded. Um, Parada might be used as a trade piece later on as well. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot that can happen, but I, I'm. I'm feeling confident that Alvarez stays a Met,
2: or I at least at the major. club. like Alvarez has to have regular playing time. He has to play playing either every day or close to it for what a catcher's equivalent of every day. Um, and so if they want to play the veterans more and give them more opportunity, then maybe they do have to send him down because he needs to play every day. But I think like yeah, like you said, that seems insane at this point. And it's like and Nito, I I, I mean. It, it's a
0: hard, it's an uphill battle for Nito too, right? Because we all, I mean, he's, he's known to be defensively strong. He's never known to be a good hitter, but if he wants to earn the spot, he needs to come up in the, in the time split that he's going to be having with Alvarez, which is not going to be close to, I, I imagine he'll probably get like a third of the time at most. Um, He's going to have to really hit in those days. Um, If he wants to stay at the major league, at the major league level. I mean, we'll see. We'll we'll see how he plays, but it's uh it's Tomas's Nito Tomas Nito's two weeks.
2: He's got he's got to do something with it.
3: It's his job to lose, I think.
2: Yeah, agree with you. Um, so on to uh more underperforming Mets. Um, someone we just alluded to, uh Daniel Vogelbach.
1: Ugh. Um,
2: I think we're gonna we're gonna disagree, Everybody's gonna disagree here. I don't know. We'll see. Um, he. His on-base percentage is stellar, uh, second best on the team right now, only to Nimo. Everything else, not so much. Um, if you know, he doesn't really swing the bat a ton. Uh, David just got, I think, gave a pretty nice uh, quote uh, tweet that we got out from Jose Reyes. Or that did Eric? You mention that?
0: Yeah, Jose, Re- Jose Reyes during this game tweeted, <laughs> "I'm not sure if Vogi understands this concept, but you have to swing the bat to hit the ball." Facepalm emoji. So <laughs> it's like. I think this is funny that Jose Reyes is just watching Mets games at home. I love it.
2: (laughs) Um, He's never been a power hitter. Never in his career has he been a power hitter. He has topped 18... He hit more than 18 home runs once, and that was 2019 when everybody was hitting home runs. Um, This is the player he's always been, and he's doing what he's always done. Uh, But is that enough for this team right now? What are your thoughts?
0: I I mean... Um, Go ahead, Ray. I feel I, like I have a lot to say, so I'll I'm let you go say,
1: first. We've been saying all year that we have a lack of positions for our young kids to play. And DH is a position that you don't really need to play, you just need to hit. And our kids could hit. And for, like, he might have a good on base percentage, but he's not viable in the field anywhere, Daniel Vogelback. So. Do I like him? Yeah. Is he cheap? I think one million dollars on the year. That's that's a plus for me. I had a pretty funny commercial with him and uh Buckshow Walter <laughs> on the stolen base thing. That's phenomenal. That that was great. But all that being said, you know, I'd rather see a Vientos in the DH or maybe a Mauricio who has been called up. You know, get give Brett Beatty a, you know, time off at third and slide him in there. Like that's a fair point honestly
3: i i tend to agree with you ray like so uh, vogel back on the year on base percentage 367 sure it's fourth on the like i would say third on the team i mean michael perez has barely played he's first technically but yeah so vogel back is basically third and hot on base percentage 367 mauricio in AAA still is batting 345 I mean, I'd rather have him up here, even if he's got to play D.H. Like, I kind of agree. Like, I don't want to bring these guys up here if they're just going to play D.H. But, I mean, if we need someone to go up, like, I don't know. Right now, I don't know if we need to send him out. it will go back right away. Like, I feel like there's not necessarily concern anywhere. Like, I feel like a week ago, we were kind of, like, struggling. Like, we need some sort of spark here. Though we're okay for the second. But, yeah, he really doesn't play a position. Like frankly, that's not really doing too much. Big box.
0: Yeah, I mean All right, so I I'm I'm looking at his stats for this year. Second on the t- second on the team, in OVP is is good. Um obviously. Um he has the same amount of RBI as Mark Canna. I'm sorry, he has more RBI than Mark Canna, who has played who has had uh almost 50 more at bats than him um more home runs than uh one less home run than canna um but yeah i mean my main my main uh qualm is the positional flexibility is like you know in a team that we already are down a utility guy we just send out giarme um it's like we don't have speed like having one guy whose only job is to be the hitter the designated hitter um is not overly producing at being a hitter he's getting on base um and I think he has a role on another team that he he can start every day, um, and he can get the job done there. But I'm struggling to 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 find the reasons why he he should still have a roster spot. All right, Steve.
2: Uh, I I really agree with the, the position flexibility. I think is the big knock on him, right? Like he he doesn't have not only does he not have position flexibility, he doesn't have a position. Um, right? We can't put him anywhere. We can't give him put him on first to give Peter day off. Certainly can't put him in the outfield. Um I you know, there, there's nowhere to put him but designated hitter against right-handed pitching. Um that being said, <laughs> he is a phenomenal designated hitter against right-handed pitching. Um yes, he doesn't hit home runs, he doesn't hit dingers, he's big and fat, so he looks like he should. <laughs>
0: um, I i I'm, that's why I'm surprised that he's never had more than 18 home runs. I really thought that we were getting
2: a big home run slugger i really do he's never in his career been a home run hitter that's not why he was brought here um but he gets on base he gets a he gets on base a ton and not everybody needs to hit a home run or doubles every time they're at bat people need to get on for those people who do that stuff um yes he doesn't have the speed to score from first base on a double um that that's a knock as well um but yeah his own his on-base percentage against righties is 395 um he's leading
3: the team and on base against righties walks against righties so uh, against righties yeah you're right he is and that's more than half the pitchers in the league are righties
2: right right i'd like him a lot and it's probably clouding my judgment of him um and yes, maybe his roster spot can be better used on a Mauricio or Giorme or somebody else who can like play a position, but I like him on the team. <laughs> hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean we'll have to see. It's going to be um, probably another one of the decisions they'll have to make coming up soon, um, especially if Mauricio continues to play at the level he does, um, or Vientos needs more time, um, which I think he does. I think Vientos really. I mean he's right struggling so far he's struggling a little bit but you know in the spots where he's come up like in the the comeback on friday he had the he had the tying run or he had um not the tying run but the run before the tying run to put him within one i like him in the lineup with the other babies um yeah it's just uh yeah the big man's taking up a little space yeah in terms of like volo
3: back to like get up there like basically all all we're saying is all, all the positives he has is against right as he walks and he like gets on base and i feel like of all the things like get hyped about and excited for like a game it's like i don't know you're rooting for someone to get a hit get a single just like keep the ball ruined keep the you know get a home run like just do something like well that's like one claim to fame is like yeah like he's just gonna walk <laughs> i don't
0: know from, from really our designated
1: like, hitter my, right, like, yeah, like, a yeah designated literally hitter hit yeah just, designated uh, walker
0: on <laughs> I, I
1: I feel like we I'm gonna be losing side of this argument. <laughs> we, we wouldn't be having this conversation five years ago when the NL that's didn't true. even have a DH. Right, he, he wouldn't be able to play in the National League.
0: Oh yeah, baby! Are you kidding me? Wow, that's amazing. Call it.
2: Um, all Pete, right, Pete Alonso just hit another dinger. That he, man. No, that man.
1: Right before that, I'd rather I'd remember somebody saying that I'd rather see somebody on base for Alonzo to send them home.
3: We called that, yeah. What is that? McNeil M- got a M- single, I think? M- and got
1: then a single Alonso
3: drove him in. So, That's what I'm talking right. about. Yeah, well, McNeil, McNeil poked poke the, the other way, too. Yeah, and, and, don't rewind if, the podcast. I didn't say anything opposite of that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll cut that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah, we'll cut, cut it. Part. That's a,
0: that's hey that's the winning combination. McNeil's gonna poke a ball the other way and then is gonna go oppo
2: and lift it just far enough for a home run.
1: Literally called it. Sequence Literally.
2: matters in baseball, right? Like sequence matters. <laughs> that's right. Walk, I'm walk, saying. walk, home run is four runs. Home run, walk, walk, walk is one run. All right. That's mm. very true. Very, very true.
1: What is what is that on the year? Is that 18, 19?
2: I believe that's 19 on the year for uh for Pete. We're not even a third of the way through the season yet. Um, he is on pace for over 60 home runs. He's no. throwing that out there. He,
1: how many did he hit when he uh, won the league? 53. 53. 53 when he broke the rookie record. Does he pass that this year? It's
2: a great question. Definitely on so.
1: pace for that.
3: I mean, pace is your trick judge's advantage. record. I'm going. Let's go, Bonds.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going for the real record. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because, you know, he beat Judge's rookie home run record. Right. Um, right. And so he's going to do it again. He's going to beat Judge's home run record again this year. He said, they who's, who's saying, the real king? Who's yeah, the real king Alonso of New
3: York? Came, sorry. 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 God, I was just
0: saying, he's the, maybe he's the true king of New York.
2: But yeah. Well, that's, no one, that's since great. he's become up in the league, no one has hit more home runs or RBI than Pete Alonso, and that includes Aaron Judge. So he is the best power hitter since he has been in the league. Period. Like.
1: Man, I love him.
2: <laughs> Put some respect on that man's name.
0: <laughs> like
1: I I was like infatuated with Starline Marte for a period last year. But I think like I just have like diehard love for Pete. He gets a little crazy. But don't we all?
0: <laughs> He's just a gamer. And I and I think like Pete and I, I've always liked the players who, even if they did not grow up in the Mets organization, if they came to the Mets and they have just embraced the Mets, always have a special place in my heart. Um, you know, we're just talking about Reyes, like Jose Reyes is like Mets. Well, like bleeds orange and blue. It's like he left for other teams and everything, but he's, he's a Mets guy. He lives on the Island. He's always been involved with the Mets. And then you have players like Bartolo Colon, who had a whole 15 years, 16 years with other teams and then it comes to the Mets, and the Mets are his favorite team. So yeah. it always feels
1: good. It always feels really good. I, I feel like Pete never took his foot off the gas. Like, I remember spring training, like, when he was first coming up. I I, I remember seeing Guillaume. This was, like, I think Guillaume was, like, destined for first or, like, the infield. And it's like, all right, this is his year to prove it. And then all of a sudden, like, within the first week, Peter Alonzo just hit like three home runs. They're like, well, we got to watch out for this guy on first. And like, he definitely won like the the first base position to start the year. And then since then, just mashes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not a great batting average at points, but consistent power hitter. If you get a
2: 250, 260, 270 and do what he does with the power, like you can live with that average. Oh, wow. Absolutely something that Eric said about him being like just Metsy um like if you remember when I think it was his first year up he did like a Jimmy Kimmel skit where they recreated the Grand Prospect Hall commercial um that I think oh, we all know and love you know Uh from the the SMY. bar Metzvah bar Metzvah like the Grand Prospect Hall we make your dreams come true the yeah, yeah. uh, old SMY commercial he's, <sighs> uh, yeah he's he's been he's been a delight truly uh he's, and he's really grown on me
0: and I think I wasn't really much I wasn't really too crazy about him even at the beginning of this year but he's the guy. He's the, he's him.
3: I, I think it might be a podcast for another day but he's been signing one year deals and right now he's technically on a contract year. I mean, he's looking for a big payout I, I would think and he's I mean, I guess what another arbitration at the end of this year or something or they could do more contract negotiations but he definitely is not signed through. we don't have him next year so i mean if he keeps hitting like this like fine let he knows steve's got a big wallet so
1: yeah Yeah, that aside that aside i don't see him going somewhere else oh no
3: no i hope we pay him No, no no i i hope he keeps doing this and i hope that we pay him everything i don't want to see him go anywhere else no i'm just i guess for him like I, I don't know I guess I don't know what I was saying with that but yeah we should resign him though <laughs> he does have
2: one more year uh he can't go anywhere else next year like
1: it, it's he's a met next year guaranteed um oh. like, cool. I I definitely think Steve is gonna throw like his entire wallet at him like whatever you want you're getting <laughs> like that aside just we we said it earlier like he's got a personality like that goes through the roof he loves the Mets. Like he uh, he was like one of the first yeah. ones to coin the L LFGM. Like he drops F bombs in post-game yeah. interviews. <laughs> he he fucks the shit out of the dugout. Like he he's a bit of a puppy dog, honestly. A like okay. I like when DeGrom walked, like that was unexpected, but like not completely shocking. If we haven't I haven't really if,
2: gotten into that in this podcast. Um but yeah, that that would that hurt.
1: It, it it hurt. It was unexpected, but like I feel like it wasn't outside of the realm of possibilities. Like if Pete Alonso was in, in that same scenario, and he signed with Cleveland or any team, uh, my jaw would be on the floor. I'd be like, what? Yeah. Like, the the Grom was a met, but like he never like bled blue and orange. Pete bleeds blue and orange. He sure does.
3: I would love to keep Pete, but like honestly, I feel like whatever if he were to go to another team, like I feel like he's just gonna bleed that whatever team's colors those all are. Frankly, like if you were to go to the A's, like he'll bleed green or whatever their new colors are gonna be.
0: <laughs> it'll be the it'll be <laughs> the Oakland Pete Alonzo's because he's gonna take up their entire <laughs> payroll. <laughs> the no Pete one else the,
3: I'm sorry, you're right. The Las
0: Vegas Pete <laughs> Alonzo's, and there'll be no one else on that team except Pete Alonzo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think they'd be able to afford anybody else if they signed Pete Alonso. Right. Uh, um uh, wanna move on to some of our other uh yeah struggling we'll on players. Um not to not to cut Pete Alonzo's conversation short, but we can talk about it. we um, can talk about him any day. Um we're gonna talk about Carrasco, but does he you know are we are we keeping him on he's, that list? He's still pitching right now. He's pitching the bottom of seven. seven. So and, Despite his, first, you know, other than the first inning and his comeback game, he had a pretty solid game after the first. He got the like jitters out of the way. Yeah. Um, it was also his old team.
3: Maybe that added to his jitters. That's a good point.
0: Oh, Beatty with a throw. pee with a stretch. Nice play. Um, yeah, um, I mean, yeah, we, we put Carrasco on this list um, because by the time we were writing this list, he had given up a first inning home run, which kind of feels par for the course for all of Cookie starts. Um and I'm not completely sold on him, but this game really is kind of shutting us up. I mean, he's gone six and two thirds. He's at ninety seven pitches now, but hopefully he can finish out this inning. Um and he's yeah, only giving up one run. He's been pretty spectacular this game.
1: It's refreshing to see.
3: Let's yeah. hope he doesn't average this out with another several bad starts <laughs> and then we keep saying, No, but he did this. He can do this. Like
2: <laughs> but- I, I hope
3: that yeah.
2: In, in his last in, um, start, he had four runs in the first inning and then one run over the next four innings. Um, so he, he, in his last, if you if you count this game, 11 innings, he's given up two runs.
3: No, I agree. He's been yeah. solid. I, honestly, I feel like I was, I don't know, I'm not going to, like, someone could fact check me, but I feel like I was always on the, like, give him a chance, give him, like, give him time, like, he'll come around. And hopefully he sticks around. I mean, he's not, he's not, we're not having him be the number one starter on the team, you know? Right. Like he's really here to hopefully be on the back end of the starter. And this is great if he's our, you know five, five, three through Harvard. five starter, if he's up there, then fine. Right into the seventh inning. I'm not used to this. I'll
1: take it. Is it All a right. quality start?
0: So Cookies Night is officially over. Um, he gives up a hit. His run on first of two outs in the seventh, but really quite a quite a quite a performance. One and five pitches. Pitch. Hundred pitches.
1: I think 101, 102, 100 on the dot. 100 on the
0: dot. All right. Who else is on this list? Tony Fam. Tony? Tommy? <laughs> Tony <laughs> Tommy? Timmy?
1: Does it matter?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's It'll like stab I...
1: you if you get it wrong. Oh I'm
3: sorry. I'm sorry. He'll <laughs> <It'll laughs> stab you <laughs> Um I don't know. I it's I
0: like football. I don't think he's played enough for me to have as much of an opinion on him. Of whether he should stay or he should go, um, I think the the statistic of him, like his exit velocity being so high all the time, is compelling. Um, like he's just not hitting it in the, where it needs to go. It doesn't. It's not hitting the ground. He's just hitting it really hard. Um, but you know, I mean, if if we need DFAM, like <laughs> then so be it. I don't. I don't really have yeah. much of an
2: opinion on it.
1: Yeah, that and two dollars yeah. on the subway. I, he hits a lot
2: of hard balls on the ground too. I mean, his ground ball rate is huge. Um So, like, you can hit it as hard as you want. If you hit it on the ground, it's still gonna be a ground out. Uh, um, I'd rather DFA him than back, to be honest. I was uh, about to
1: say that. Yeah. I agree.
2: Same, same. Um,
1: and he can play a position. <laughs> That's true.
2: That's true. Not. I mean, no. Yeah. His that that catch cost a bunch of runs the other game, or that non catch. Um. Yeah, I he's he's struggling at the plate. Um, he's struggling in the field. I I'm not a huge fan of him. He did he was doing well in the beginning of the season and kind of shut us up about him, uh, for a while. But he's he's been struggling mightily lately. All righty. Um, and I guess the
0: last person on this list we have is David Peterson, who is not currently on the major league roster, but um,
2: is back in Syracuse and seems to be getting together a little bit. He's named up. Uh... The pitcher of the week in the minor leagues last week, uh, after eight very strong innings. Um, uh, I think shout out innings, pitch pretty lights out. I feel like he does this every year. He goes down the minors for a few starts, lights out, and then comes up and
1: was like, Okay, yeah. Is, is that a thing where like some players just, you know, excel in one area and just not underneath the lights?
2: He's a 4A player, he's uh, a little better than AAA, a little worse than the majors. <laughs>
1: We we spoke earlier about some players being clutch, like Pete's clutch, Jeff's clutch. Peterson doesn't, he has the opposite. He's not clutch. Like when you put him in for a start, he doesn't do it.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, we hope to see him back up in the majors soon. Um, Performing well. Uh, All right. So I guess we should take a look ahead to who the Mets are playing this coming week um after this game in chicago the mets will head to colorado to play the rockies for three games um hopefully because it's in may this year there will not be any snowouts, as i feel like there have been in colorado the past few years um after that they will go home to see the phillies for the first time uh, which should be a very exciting series um personally i'm um, excited for the colorado series honestly because um Maybe we get some dingers going. We'll have Scherzer, Verlander, and McGill. Um, Brandon Nimmo always seems to play out of his mind in Colorado. I expect him to hit 500 with like three home runs. Because um, <laughs> I think he's just being close to home, and that was like his closest childhood team. Uh, but then the Phillies series is just as exciting. Honestly, um, I think it's a long-awaited
2: matchup with the NL, with the reigning NL champions. I think we always play well in Colorado. I think. Uh... That's just tend to like the opposite of Chicago, like you were saying. I think we just tend to hit the ball well and, sh- and and play pitch well in Colorado.
1: I don't want to be pessimistic or sound like the that guy Frank the Tank, the Met hater, claims that he loves the Mets. I feel like the way that we've been going this year, Colorado should be like that, you know, that easy like win the series, and I feel like we might get swept. But that just me <laughs> like super pessimistic. I don't, you know, I'm. Gonna go with like new Mets. We're sweeping them.
3: I think we're gonna sweep them. I'll take you a bet on that. Ooh.
1: Small piece thinks we're gonna swept, but no, I'm gonna put that <laughs> out of my head. I'm gonna be foolishly faithful. All yeah. right.
2: I'm gonna be going to one of the Phillies games uh this week. I'm gonna go with a seven line uh out in center field. Be fun. Ooh, game very to nice. Interesting. Yeah. I love I love going games with them. They're they're so fun. I
0: actually have never been to a seven line game. I'd be interested in going at one point. Yeah, Um, it's just it just feels like a lot of energy, which I might. Oh yeah, every every once in a while, it's so much fun. It's
1: so much fun. I have uh, tickets to Tuesday's game. What what day are you going? I'm I'm going going Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, Okay, I'm also
3: going Wednesday as well. Oh,
1: I'll
0: look for you guys on TV. Okay. (laughs) Um. All right. Well, so that is the coming week. Um. I think we should do our trivia. All right. Trivia. 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 All right. So does everyone have their answers ready? Do you guys need the question again? Let's hear the question again. Remind our, our, our Viewers listeners.
3: need the question. Our
0: viewers. Our viewers viewing through their ear canals. Um Marcus. Okay. The, que- is- the question is, um, since Peter Lines are just uh tied or set the, the record for most home runs at City Field with 71 or 72. Who who were the previous three, top three um, Mets who led in home runs at City Field? Um, I'm
2: fairly confident that it. the number one on the list
0: is Lucas Duda. Lou Costuda is, in fact, number one with 71
1: home runs. Nice. I have him. No, I didn't pick him. <laughs> I wrote him down, but I didn't pick him.
2: You didn't lock him <laughs> in, Ray. Sorry. Who's your? Who do you got, Ray?
1: So I have a li- one, two, three, four, five. I have seven guys that I thought of, <laughs> but then I narrowed, uh, then I picked my top three. You're just right. gonna name so every three, every who's ever give, in the home. Give,
2: give one, and let's let's David get a chance.
1: I was befe- I I had three others. I know I definitely not Cano, get definitely not Sheffield, and definitely not Ike Davis. But oh man, um, I went with Granderson, Conforto, and Cespedes. Those
0: are those are the those were your three guesses, or that's your guess for number two.
1: No, those are, my, those are my my three guesses, not in any specific order.
0: One of them is correct.
1: I'm going to go
3: – I had Conforto was the one I feel like had to be there. Conforto um,
0: is the correct answer in second no. place with 66 home runs. Guess.
3: I'm curious, is David Wright on there? Like, did he play long He's enough? He's too late. Is he too late?
0: Shoot. David Wright is third place with, Ooh, 40, yeah. with yes, 49 home
1: runs. Good guess. I also had Newenheis. Yeah, uh, I don't think Neuenheis. Neuenheis.
2: Neuenheis. What does he have? Ten home runs in his oh, career? Man.
1: Like he had like three in one game. I think. yeah, yeah game. That, that,
2: that was all of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when you
3: think of Mets' greats, I mean, do you think of David Wright or do <laughs> you think of Kirk Newenheis? Like, come
0: on. I no, how about sure Danny me with all those pinch at home runs? That that surely yeah. set the
1: record. I am number one right now.
2: <laughs> I am the I am the man right now. I am the Kirk Newenheis has thirty one careers career home runs.
1: And they probably all over city, city Field.
2: Um, and let's see, 10, 11, 21 of them are with the Mets. All right. He played elsewhere? Oh my god. Yeah. He did, know, he yeah. did. He did play elsewhere. Let's see. Oh, let me man. find if, see if I want to see if I can find Kirk Newtonheis' home runs at City Field. It's gonna be three. It's just gonna be the three. Yeah, I mean like I I can't imagine it's <laughs> it's very high. <laughs>
0: Wow, so Duda had 72?
2: 71. 71. The Duda bides.
0: The Duda bides. I love Lucas Duda. Yeah. He was I a lot he, of fun. I hope he's well, honestly.
1: Did he come uh, in after Ike Davis or before him? After Ike Davis, right? After. Right
2: after. Yeah, Ike Davis was fun. Ike Davis was a lot of fun. We like
1: Ike. Duda was on the team when um uh, Knuckleballer was going. Uh Dickey. Dickie. Dickey. Dickey and Duda.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> Guys, this Mets game that we're watching now is playing out exactly as we've been doing this podcast. Um, So, it's the top of the eighth inning. The, is
1: is the back going? Daniel Volga back Volga back base, hit. Daniel got got base hit.
0: hit. But then Alvarez hits a double down the line, and Vogelback could not score from first, which most of oh, the players, right. I believe,
1: would have scored from first. Wow. It's almost
2: yeah. like we watch the Mets every day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, I've been a mess fan for a long time and have always kept up to date. But, you know, this year I'm definitely more uh, more current.
3: Yeah, research to be done. You know, we got to stay current.
1: All right, what's next on the agenda?
0: The next thing on the agenda is us wrapping up. because <laughs> <laughs> We're done for this week. Um, So, yes, as always, if you have any questions, concerns, fan mail, please give us a shout at metspot at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on Instagram, foolishly underscore faithful. Um, On behalf of Steve, Ray, and David, and we hope the Mets finish this game. Uh, Thanks for listening, and LFGM.